everyone, it's Chris Campbell and Michael Gum with a Resolutions Rundown, an abbreviated podcast where we give you the rundown on great mental health. Hello. Well, Michael, uh, here we are, mid-March 2020, and things have gotten real yes. over the past week or so, right? Yeah, my wife and I keep saying that exact phrase, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. things are getting real. Yeah. As a culture, we're wrestling uh, with supplies for basic toiletries, restaurants mm-hmm. are shutting down, dining rooms, businesses that center on personal contact or large group settings are having to adapt or altogether shut down. You know, it's this whole thing of social distancing, flattening yeah. the, mm-hmm. the curve of the, of the spread of the disease, of course. Right. Yeah, and I mean that's taken up my time too. As as a worship leader, I, I've you know been I've never I've never done a live stream before, yeah, but yeah. we're working on that. Yeah. And uh, by the time this episode airs, uh, we will have seen whether or not it worked. Right. You know, it's it's really new territory. Yeah. Uh, that shouldn't seem like it's new territory because we're we're sort of pulling back in the smaller circles, which should be second nature for a disconnected culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But in our in our family units and in our in our neighborhoods, uh, you know, schools shutting down and people working from home. As you said, churches are struggling on how to keep a sense of community. So anyway, we, we're we're talking about this this type of thing today because we felt like it might be good uh, for us to get together and talk about how do we help our kids you know, in an age-appropriate way, mm-hmm. begin to understand or wrap their minds around the coronavirus pandemic. Um, I've received uh, questions from parents, teachers, grandparents, uh, either by way of this podcast or clients or people who just reach out to me, uh, you know, and they, they want to know, you know, how do we talk to our children about the coronavirus. So uh, we thought it might be helpful to pull into the studio and record another Resolutions Rundown where we address that very question. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm mainly here just to learn today because I don't know if I really know the, a good answer to this question. Well, you know, it's uh, you can pretty much Google any question you have and get an opinion. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but uh, today's thoughts uh, primarily come from our friends at Focus on the Family. Okay, I've had a, a you know a, a long relationship with them that stems uh, way back into my uh, days as a, as a youth pastor, as a staff pastor. Uh, they have been around for decades, and uh, you know when it comes to to solid family strategies and advice uh, they are an organization of course faith-based that I that I really trust and so what we did was I uh, I tapped them uh, you know for some information that they were sharing and we're going to try to uh, personalize it a bit here for our listening audience today how's that sound great all right well so talking with kids about the coronavirus um, you know we we know how to tell our kids to uh, wash their hands yep and be careful of the surfaces they touch and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, keep their hands away from their face and, and social distancing and so forth. But uh, as parents, obviously, uh, we are in an ever-changing statistical environment of predictions and social media stir-up. Yeah. So uh, here are some tips for talking to kids about the coronavirus. Number one, uh, keep calm and just communicate. Yeah. All right. So it sounds it sounds pretty simple, but um, the first thing to remember is when we're talking to our kids is have a sense of your own steadiness and calmness. You mm-hmm. know, settle your issues prior to interfacing with your children. Uh, children tend to model, of course, their parents' emotions, and if you communicate in a calm manner, that will likely help your 
kids receive, uh, you know, the information that you're giving them in the absence of fear or anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say this, and um, you know, this is something that a lot of adults present party uh, can be guilty of, but we have to be aware of the age of the people that we're communicating with. Mm-hmm. And if you're someone who struggles with anxiety, uh, you need to be aware of that, and uh, that that can just spill out of you. And a moment's notice, Jesus says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's absolutely true. Right. Mm -hmm. And if we're not careful, uh, we're using our kids as sounding boards, Hmm. or we're talking about things in unguarded ways uh, to young listeners, and they are just not built emotionally to process, Mm -hmm. you know, those sort of things. So, you know, uh, remain calm and be sensitive, and I would even say age-appropriate, you know, with your communication. Um, if you have younger children, uh, I would say talk to them only if they bring up the subject to you, you know, mm-hmm. based on the information that they may have been exposed to. Otherwise, you're going to confuse or run the risk of, of scaring. You know? yeah. Ignorance is bliss in <laughs> right. many cases, right? Uh, and I would just say, as parents, you and I know this, but especially our wives are excellent at this. Uh, we are the caregivers <laughs> for, yes. for our kids. And so that includes giving them emotional care and nurture by setting good boundaries on distilled information at age-appropriate levels. Yeah, that's absolutely true. It's just in the same way that you're you're selecting a, as, as a child grows, you're selecting a diet that would be appropriate to their age. You're giving them an emotional diet diet as well. That's really good. Of what they what's palatable for them. Right. That's really, really good. Second point is don't forget, provide reassurance. Mm-hmm. You know, our children want to be assured that they're safe and that you know what to do if someone in your family becomes ill. Mm-hmm. So maybe a practical thing is to you know, if you're a single parent, get your list together. Or if you're if you're married, uh, you know, come together with your spouse and 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 come up with three to five steps that you know you can take if someone in your family begins to show symptoms of the virus. Um, remember that children of all ages may become fearful or overly worried, so be sure to have age appropriate discussions around this issue as well. But if you have older kids especially adolescents or teenagers, uh, you know, they can sometimes be more fearful and worried than even younger children because they have a broader perspective of consequences, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so um, as you make a list of three to five steps of things that your family will do uh, if someone starts to show symptoms, maybe invite those older children into that discussion. Give them some ownership and agency by inviting their input on a plan of action. Hmm. Yeah. Number three, here's another obvious one. Uh, Stick to the facts. Yeah. Stick to the facts. Uh, Discuss factual information related to your local community. Okay. All right. Uh, I think that I think it's it's good to be aware, uh, you know, of what goes on in the world, you know, on a global level. Uh, that uh, that produces a sense of compassion for others who maybe maybe are struggling. But at the same time, when you're trying to to navigate through a current crisis, uh, you know, let's stick to the facts of local facts, local information mm-hmm. with our children. Um, you know, whenever there's a, an unexpected problem that impacts a lot of people, Michael, there's a, there's a lot of misinformation floating around. We talked about this in our last podcast. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to encourage our listeners to look for information from very trusted healthcare resources like the Center for Disease Control, the National Institutes of Health, and so forth. Uh, you know, these are, the, these are the organizations that have great reputations for 
providing evidence-based and accurate information. So if you're going to talk to your kids about the coronavirus, talk openly about the risk and remedies that exist where you live. Avoid giving a lot of information about the national and global concerns that are that are out there right now. That's good. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, you know, here, here's the other thing, too. Um, again, and this comes to, you know, how can you be a reassuring presence for your children? You know, as you're talking with them and drawing them out in conversation, it's, it is important to explain that you're just trying to be cautious and wise and you're not acting out of fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, being concerned is different than being afraid. Yeah. And so the situation offers us as uh, parents to explain, uh, you know, opportunities, uh, why it's it's always good for us to be thinking proactive rather than reactive. Um, you know, many times the actions uh, that we demonstrate now are intended to prevent future problems and not necessarily to cope with current problems. Mm-hmm. You and I have many uh, friends in the... Uh, in the healthcare industry, right? Yeah, we do. And uh, one of the things that um, that has been pointed out to me, I know we had my my brother who's a physician on in the last episode, is in some of these countries where the virus has taken them uh, has taken them totally by surprise. Uh, these these healthcare professionals are making life and death uh, decisions because there's a limit. To the medical supplies that mm-hmm. they have, yeah, to treat overrun. this, yeah, to treat this disease, and so uh, rather than the U.S. being in that position, we're we're trying to get everybody on board and uh, and get good team play here, so the people who need help the most have access to the resources, and I think I think we can help our kids understand that just by uh, you know. Helping them think proactively. Mm-hmm. You know what is what does it mean to to serve those around us by, you know, being good stewards of the resources and mm-hmm. being compliant. You know, um, you know, and and in the, in that conversation with your children, we also want to one of the things that uh, that really lends to a sense of added uh, security and um, and you know uh, an added sense of reassurance is if we commit to stick to somewhat of an established routine mm-hmm. and schedules as much as possible um, change is hard for many kids uh, therefore the more you can minimize changes the better uh, children tend to feel more secure when they know what is coming in their daily schedules and this is extra work for parents mm-hmm. but it is well worth it if you will just take a few minutes in the evening after the kids go to sleep, you know, and uh, and just, you know, uh, plan out tomorrow's schedule. So at breakfast, you can let them know. Or better yet, plan out, you know, the, the regular school week schedule now that they're home and maybe you're working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that is only going to lend to uh, less chaos and uh, more uncertainty and kids acting out out of uh, uncertainty. Yeah. Right. Um, I would say this as a word of caution to parents that uh, that I interact with all the time and maybe parents who are listening to this podcast. Please, 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 Michael, please don't treat this like spring break or a summer vacation. <laughs> okay. Uh, keep scholastics a priority. Yeah. Keep weekday bedtimes consistent. 
keep wake times Monday through Friday consistent. Uh, if your kids are, are savvy enough or maybe they don't have enough schoolwork to fill the whole day, that, that's great. But build in, you know, purposeful activity. Get them outdoors, uh, you know, um, you know, and get them disengaged from screen time. I, I hate to sound like the old guy on the porch, uh, but really keeping them fresh in their thinking. And the other thing is, you know, be aware of your children's sleep cycles. Mm-hmm. If you neglect that with older children and teens, uh, I guarantee you the first thing that will be disrupted is their sleep cycle, and it'll get out of whack. And if that happens, it is extremely difficult to reset that. Mm. So, um, Especially with all the stress and anxiety around. Definitely, definitely. And, um, you know, what I would suggest is, you know, for parents, have a hard stop for gaming and screen time every evening. Uh, put phones and electronic devices in a common area outside of the bedroom. Okay. <laughs> you know, and again, it, it may seem like I'm coming off, uh, you know, super, super strict or I'm being overly precautious. Uh, but again, uh, we want to make sure that we are we are helping our children, uh, you know, navigate a time of uncertainty with a sense of security. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, use this time for family fun. You know, if you decide to uh, distance yourself uh, as a family, uh, have fun spending time together. Mm-hmm. You know, emphasize the opportunity to slow down, hang out, enjoy each other's company. Uh, remember that you're taking steps to prevent getting the virus, not hiding in fear. So encourage your kids to engage in physical activities, creative experiences. Uh, you know, all those things are known to be helpful for easing anxiety. We're entering into springtime here, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in West Virginia, the mountain state, almost heaven. That's a great time of year to get outside. Yeah. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Walk a dog. Uh, you'd be surprised how many kids do not know how to ride a bike. Hmm. Teach your children how to ride a bike, how to throw a frisbee, um, you know, how to how to swing a plastic bat at a wiffle ball. Yeah, you know, just just sort of things like it, it doesn't all have to be sports oriented. You know, uh, when when the wildflowers start to bloom, go out and see how many you could recognize. You know, those sort of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, get a fishing pole and go get your hook wet or whatever. Um, I do have. Um, I have one piece of personal advice that uh, for our listeners, for parents who may want to consider this, because you do have those bad weather days, and uh, and we're all and on one level or another, we're all binge watchers, right? Yeah, <laughs> I definitely am. <laughs> but uh, but for a point of conversation, let me let me uh, let me give you a, a heads up on an old television show. Uh, that I'm sure you can find on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime. Uh, it's called The Waltons. Have you ever heard of this show? I've heard of. I've not actually seen it. Uh, my grandmother loved that show, and uh, it was on in the 70s. And basically, it was uh, it was the story of a, of a family, the Walton family, uh, who lived in Virginia during the Depression era. Yeah. And how they came together as a family during another point of real crisis in the United States and how they sort of work together in that. And uh, it's sort of neat, you know, even with my daughters, who I consider them both very modern thinking, uh, you know, young women. Uh, but uh, but The Waltons is such a well-done TV show for that era. It really does uh, lend to a lot of conversation, hmm. you know. And uh, so so there's a there's a courtesy tip, take it or leave it, but, you know, you can find that easily to, to stream. 
Finally, resist the urge to check the news every five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good tip for all of us. Uh, so much of what we read and hear in the news one day will be found to be untrue or inaccurate a day later. So uh, Focus on the Family recommends that you pick a half-hour period each day to stay informed and report only what is age-appropriate to your children. Uh, If you have older kids, I want to suggest that you consider going old school with Mm -hmm. your news intake. Uh, For years, the 6 to 7 p.m. time slot here in the East is when most people caught up on the day's news. Mm -hmm. The 6 to 6.30 slot was 30 minutes of local news, and the 6.30 to 7 was national news. And uh, both of those uh, half hours, you know, the the journalists, the news journalists uh, took and distilled down, you know, the events to the most critical, need-to-know sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing with local news is there's usually at least a little bit of good news that they smatter in there, you know, with that. Uh, But, but, you know, it's that still exists. People don't realize that with 24-hour news services and Mm -hmm. and so forth. But uh, in most areas, uh, you can tune in to uh, local news highlights from 6 to 6.30. And then uh, on most of the major broadcast networks from 6.30 to 7, there's a summary. And it's a great chance uh, for families with older children to do some family screen time together in an old-fashioned way, and you maybe follow that up by dinner with a discussion. Good. And of course, remember that uh, God is still in control. Uh, So much of what we do from a mental health standpoint here with Resolutions Counseling is we purposely try to integrate uh, faith-based, a biblical-based perspective uh, on that because that's really what anchors us, you know, to something that is unchanging in an ever-changing culture and an ever-changing world environment. Um, You'd be surprised at the number of parents uh, who have yet to step into a space of praying with their children. Mm-hmm. This is a great opportunity to do that, yeah. you know, over a meal together or at bedtime. But you know, it's an opportunity for parents to emphasize, you know, the the reliability and trusting God for His guidance in times of trouble. Uh, if your kids are old enough to read and understand Scripture, I'm going to give you one of my favorite passages from Psalms 91, uh, verses one through three. This is from the International Children's Bible Translation. goes like this. Uh, Those who go to God most high for safety will be protected by God all-powerful. I will say to the Lord, you are my place of safety and protection. You are my God, and I trust you. God will save you from hidden traps and from deadly diseases. It's good. Very good, you know, and it's in, and you can incorporate that in a prayer. And again, you're you're teaching kids, you know, to look at life through the lens of faith and not just what they can deduce from their five senses and so forth. Yeah. So, uh, in conclusion, you know, what we want to do is we want to encourage you to indeed talk to your kids uh, in age appropriate ways about the coronavirus. In so doing, uh, you'll help them to learn to verbally process and reduce the risk of fear and anxiety in their lives. Uh, You know, Michael, most of our listeners are within the U.S., and many, for the most part, have lived a reasonably predictable and seemingly uh, secure life. But times like these remind us that throughout history, disaster can strike quickly and in a variety of ways. Mm -hmm. And this is why, uh, again, we are such strong advocates for considering the gospel of Jesus Christ in a biblical worldview. 
we're going to include some helpful links in our show notes for you to reference. And we also want to redirect your attention to some earlier podcasts that during this time of crisis might prove to be very relevant to you. First of all, most recently, February 23rd, 2020, we dropped the vibrant family culture from the Trinity Cafe with Soren Johnson. Mm -hmm. Remember that episode? Mm -hmm. So that has a wealth of uh, how-to information on gathering families together and, and establishing the team concept and that in-home synergy. A couple of other episodes that we think might be helpful go all the way back to April and May of 2019, where we talked to Rich Miller about fear and anxiety. That was a two-part podcast interview. And again, we've gotten a tremendous amount of feedback uh, from all three of those episodes. And if you haven't listened to them or if it's been a while, you may want to go back and review those episodes and their content as well. Yeah. So uh, thanks for taking the time to join us for another Resolutions Rundown. Of course, we love your feedback, input, and questions. Uh, Michael, if a listener wants to reach out to us, how can they do so? Well, in our show notes, there is an email address, uh, podcast at resolutionsofwv.com. You can send us a message there, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. No doubt. We also encourage you to subscribe. And if you like what you hear, give us a favorable review. It helps the show to circulate and pick up new listeners. Yeah. So again, this is the Resolutions Podcast, where we like to take difficult topics and turn them into helpful conversations. Until next time, I'm Chris Campbell. I'm Michael Gum. We'll talk again real soon.